unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Thanks once again for hitting that play button on the listening device of your choice as we roll out another edition of the JAS podcast coming up on this week's show. Going to talk to our old friend Trace Trilco. He's part of the Sons of UCF pregame show that they do live streaming prior to each UCF game. We're going to talk about the UCF Cincinnati game and more coming up in just a little bit. In fact, Trace is going to pick our uh, closing TV theme for today as well. Trace is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a moment. Well, I hope you enjoyed the Masters as much as I did uh, this past uh, four-day weekend. Well, not a four-day weekend from the perspective you had all four days off, but you know what I mean. All four rounds of the Masters and the earlier start time on Sunday leading into football. Just great stuff. Dustin Johnson blew away the field in that one, leading from beginning to end. And while it didn't have all the fa- oh, excuse me, the patrons lined up all around the place, it was kind of unique to get a, 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 per- a different perspective and views of the golf course Sands the patrons as uh, got to at least see a little bit more. You know, unfortunately, we didn't have the springtime bloom available, but nonetheless, it's still just one of the most beautiful places on earth. And uh, again, it was great that they were able to get it in, and hopefully, everything all goes well. And back in April, it will be in 2021. Little cleanup from last week. As I was talking about uh, spring football and uh, Garrett Gilbert getting his chance with the uh, Dallas Cowboys because he spent time in spring football. And of course, I'm going to blame it on 2020 and that all time has mashed together because the Apollos obviously were not in the XFL. They were the year before in the AAF. (laughs) But that just, you know. Like I said, it all blends together at this point, but uh, nonetheless, still my point being spring football uh, has helped give guys the opportunity because there are more ways for them to get on tape and get some experience, get some reps. And so, therefore, he represented the Orlando Apollos of the AAF Proud. And, again, we've said the, the XFL... Uh, provided that opportunity for others, and uh, will continue to do so, thanks to The Rock and his partners. And how about Theo Epstein? He has decided to uh, pack it in and uh, resign from the Chicago Cubs, the curse killer. He was GM of the Bo Sox when they won in 2004, breaking a long streak since 1918 of winning the World Series. And so what does he do for a second act? He goes to Chicago, which was even more cursed, had one since 1908, and they capture a World Series just a few years ago. So he will be highly sought after. He doesn't envision being in the game this coming season, but teams that are wanting to turn around will definitely be knocking on Theo Epstein's door. And it is our pleasure to welcome back to the podcast our friend Trace Trucco with the Sons of UCF pregame show. And of course, Trace, you can't hear this because uh, 
the way my audio setup is, but I'm bringing you in to the music of Seinfeld. Trace, thank you so much for being back on the show. Glad to have you back on board once again. Great being back. I enjoy listening to the great work that you do. I like the fact that you tout it as smart sports conversation without all the hot takes. So I'll try and not contribute any hot takes. I'll just try <laughs> to have a good conversation with you. Yeah, I occasionally slip one or two in myself, even though I strongly abhor it. But, you know, but that's what the medium is sometimes. So there we go. Um, so we got the big matchup, UCF and Cincinnati. The Bearcats come in undefeated. And uh, the Knights, uh, you know, they seem to have gotten their wheels back under them, although inconsistent at times. What are your thoughts as uh, UCF goes into this uh, home tilt at the bounce house? Well, you framed it perfectly, right? Uh, And, you know, this will be strange uh, coming from me, often a critic of Mike Oresco. Uh, I'm going to give Commissioner Oresco, the American Athletic Conference Commissioner, some credit. By pushing ahead and playing – while other conferences, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and others stayed out initially, it helped Cincinnati get a higher ranking. And then the others joined the fold, and Cincinnati wins their games, and, and they're positioned nicely there. And it's a funny thing right now, isn't it? it? That you want UCF to win, but Cincinnati winning is probably better for the conference and, uh, and a postseason bowl game. Uh, of course, that's no reason for a Knight fan to root for the Bearcats, but they're a talented team, and UCF has its hands full on Saturday. Yeah, there's no question about that. And uh, you, you did mention the fact that, yeah, the conference did get a boost with the uh, with the, the outliers that stayed out for a while and started later. And, of course, they have crept back in and kind of, you know, pushed Cincinnati and the group of five out of – any slim chances they had of getting into the playoff. But the New Year's Six is still out there uh, for the Bearcats, that's for sure. So let's talk about this game. Cincinnati won a year ago. They rolled out a defense that uh, was quite confusing. It's become the Knights' kryptonite uh, because Tulsa's used it. Temple put it in play a little bit last week. Now, uh, Tulsa's used it to success. Temple doesn't have the skill players to really pull it off. But uh, this is definitely a, a tremendous defense that has shut down two potent offenses in SMU and Memphis, although the Knights will be the best offense they face. And they haven't been on the road much. Uh, however, that is not as big of an advantage as it could be if the bounce house had been packed mm-hmm. for the limited attendance as loud as all of those folks will be screaming through various masks. Uh, uh, It won't be the same as just two years ago when UCF welcomed Cincinnati on that big college uh, game day weekend. And uh, I I would say to you and all your years of going to Knights games as loud as, if not the loudest, uh, most raucous, experience. Uh, I was up in the press box and uh, it was shaking, rattling, and uh, we were nearly rolling up there. You know, uh, you could feel it. And, and, the, and the fan base was a big factor in that game. Uh, an afternoon slot, weather's nice, especially for Florida. I don't know that they get any sort of uh, heat and humidity advantage on Cincinnati, uh, but you'd rather play it at home than on the road. And I go in with a question, you know, this uh, you know, I keep – I'm as guilty as anyone, I suppose. You know, I'm not on the fire Josh Heupel bandwagon, but I get frustrated with him in that 
he had a year, he and his coaching staff, a year to prepare for Tulsa after losing at Tulsa in Tulsa last year. And as you mentioned, UCF had difficulty with what Tulsa did and loses at home this season. And now I feel like they've had a year to prepare for Cincinnati because you remember Luke Fickle trotted out a completely different look, as you mentioned, right? Uh, and UCF, you know, couldn't couldn't pivot away from their game plan in order to combat what Cincinnati was throwing at them. So will Coach Heupel stick to what has worked, but when it doesn't work, they get stuck in it and can't get out of it? Or will they show us some wrinkles? And that I don't know, you know. I'm not saying this is the game. If he doesn't win, he's on a hot seat. I'm not – he will be certainly on a hot seat with some fans. Um, But they have the talent to win. Can they execute? Can they bring all three phases of the game And that consistency has been a bugaboo for them in two losses, but also when you see a second quarter unfold with Temple on Saturday where nothing seems to work. And uh, they just, you know, they go out three plays and they're punting. You know, it just doesn't work. Will they bring it all together here? In what I consider, no matter what postseason might look like, I consider this UCS bowl game. Uh, really in importance. No disrespect to the Boca Raton Bowls of the world and the FAUs and the FIUs and whomever they might play somewhere along the line, but this one's it. You can get back into the top 25 with a win here uh, and knocking off a top 10 team. And UCF keeps its slim uh, hopes of being in a conference championship game alive with a win. Yeah, no, the other thing that kind of stood out to me now, you know, obviously Temple was undermanned, but you know, if you if you think if uh, you know if if by some chance they would have had an opportunity to score, and if they would have had uh, maybe a defensive player like Quincy Roche still on the team, that could have been a, a bit a bit different of a of an outcome for for UCF. What do you think is the biggest problem with their in- inconsistency? To me, it seems like we don't go fast as much as we used to. I, that's, it's such, it's such a good question because you can look at it in all phases of the game. When they are up tempo and it's working, it is a thing of beauty. That rainbow pass from Dylan Gabriel and you pick a wide receiver and Marlon Williams or, or, or flash. And it is beautiful. But if those receivers get jammed at the line, if the pocket collapses, if Dylan can't scramble outside, everything starts to get gummed up. So, you know, to identify just that one, it's just the consistency, because you know you have the talent there. And you look, it's interesting the way the season has unfolded with a nine-game schedule and with uh, our friends over in Tampa facing some COVID-related issues and their game now off. We might possibly not have that Black Friday rivalry game in Tampa. And so UCF, uh, knock on wood, been lucky to get the games that it has gotten in when a lot of the rest of the teams across the country have not been as successful as doing that. But the the schedule has really been three acts, you know, and there's been a flaw in each of those previous two. And here, can you bring it all together? Can you bring that consistency together? The early games were marked with all the penalties. You know, remember the Mm -hmm. eight, as much as we try uh, to forget, I don't think we will forget those penalty marred uh, games. And they've gotten that more under control, um, certainly. Uh, and the defense, which, you know, you pull, for me, what little hair I have left out in that loss to Memphis, 
And they've played better the last two weeks, maybe against opponents that they were, uh, you know, better talent than, but they, they played well, especially with some of the off the field incidents that have led to the departures of some names we've gotten to know uh, the last couple of seasons uh, on the UCF defense. So can they bring it all together? They have the talent to do it. Um, I remember a conversation with a mutual friend of ours, former UCF men's basketball player, Ben Stout, and I use the cliche media line, it's the team that wants it more. And he said, they both want it. It's the team that executes the game plan better that will win the game. And that has really stayed with me these last couple of seasons across all sports. Everybody out there wants it. Everybody's out there hungry. Uh, Greg McRae talking about how this has been a really spirited week of practice. Energy level is really up. Um, You know, we're going to be seeing guys, I don't know, you know, with the extra year of eligibility, what does senior day mean now? (laughs) Guys or not see some guys? I don't know, but, you know, I appreciate Greg McRae and Otis Anderson if it's the last time we get to see him in the bounce house. And, you know, they talk about that energy level being up. Uh, These two teams both want this. UCF wants to uh, prove itself after some difficulty this season, and Cincinnati's got a lot on the line. So who executes their game plan in that game of chess? Which coaching staff outcoaches the other and interesting you bring that up. You know, Luke Fickle has obviously done a great job at Cincinnati. Uh, you know, we remember the first time they played UCF and got just blown out in a three-and-a-half-quarter game. And to see where Cincinnati has improved from then to now has been been tremendous. And Luke Fickle is definitely playing it, uh, you know, the right way from my perspective. You know, he says, hey, the, this thing still goes through UCF. They've always been the team in our way. So I think he's uh, he's approaching it the right way. And this is a big boy defense. I mean, to me, their defense, um, if you know, if they are the New Year's Six team, their defense levels a playing field against a good Power Five team. So this will be interesting to watch. And it's definitely, you know, strength versus strength, our offense against their defense. Well, and again, when we talk about our offense, when it's firing, it's a thing of beauty. But if Cincinnati's going to jam us at the line, jam the wide receivers, if they're going to get pressure on our O-line, can our O-line give Dylan enough time? Uh, can Dylan, as we've seen at various points in the season, improvise and uh, uh, use his legs to uh, advance a play, get a first down? If we see UCF be creative, and I know it's such a funny thing, right? You sound critical. How can- be creative. They're putting up nearly, you know, 45, there was 600 yards. When it's working, it's working. But I think we have to admit that there are times it gets bogged down. Uh, they have struggled over a couple of seasons in the red zone, for example, when you don't have that uh, deep 50 yard pass uh, and you got to make a shorter play. Uh, do you have the bodies along the line that can open up that hole, the, the kind of running back that can bruise ahead for a couple of yards and get that needed first down? That's, that's where UCF is starting. The talent's there. And um, I don't put it past UCF to win. I'm just going to say to you, though, that if Cincinnati walks out of there with a W in any form or fashion, I'm not going to be surprised by it either. Yeah. Yeah, No, they are the the favorite. In fact, this is the first time UCF has been an underdog at home since 2016. That's incredible. It's an incredible stretch, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then 
Give me your thoughts on, you know, uh, on guys like uh, that have been leading the team, like Marlon Williams, who's had a just a monster year at the wide receiver position. You know, Greg McRae is healthy. Otis is healthy. Otis looks like video game Otis again. Uh, you know, and, and we're going to need all of that for the, the to, to be successful on Saturday. Yeah, you know, we spent the offseason wondering uh, what would we do without Gabriel Davis uh, now <laughs> starring for the Buffalo Bills and well, you know, you still had Marlon Williams out there, and uh, boy, he's fast. Uh, he makes the plays, and 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 it's wide receiver. You right is the is what UCF fans have have called the team through the years. You see those new stars coming forward, and and uh, you mentioned a good to have Greg McRae with a healthy campaign under his belt. Now, there's always football nicks and such, but uh, healthier than he was last year. And, and for me, is I love all these guys, but I just love Otis Anderson because there's just so much versatility with him. You know, I, I, I get tired of that talking point you hear on the broadcast, so the Swiss Army knife, he can do so many things, but he really can. And I really appreciate what he's brought to the program in his versatility. So, again, can you get enough protection on the line, open holes for the running game, you still want to use your running game to set up your pass. And can you give Dylan enough time? Can those wide receivers get separation? UCF can score. You know, Cincinnati, the most points they've given up this year is 20 in a game mm-hmm. to an FBS team. And I think it was 17 uh, to East Carolina in conference play. Yep. So they did stingy. Uh, you know, I don't expect them to hold UCF to 17. So now the other side of the ball, can UCF put together the kind of performances it has the last two years, or t- two games rather, uh, creating the turnovers? You know, that's the statistic. You know, right, don't all football games really break down the same way? Yeah. Who wins the battle of the trenches? Typically the team that creates more turnovers is going to win. You don't typically see a team that turned the ball over five times and got none, found a way to win that game. So who creates turnovers? who wins the battle on the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I think that's what we'll see uh, be the the key determinants in this game. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, you mentioned two years ago when we had game day here uh, as we were making our run, you know, it it is a shame that, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to have that, that opportunity. And it's a shame that both teams aren't undefeated because even though game day is going to Bedlam this week and they might have still gone to Bedlam, but, Orlando would have been back in the conversation for game day had we had both teams undefeated, I think. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are schools that have only had game day once and maybe that'll be the only time we have game day. And what a special memory it was for night nation who camped out, who saw the uh, events of the day culminating with the game or from wherever you're listening across the country, uh, a sense of pride that comes with such a signature uh, program and uh, just the whole festivities of it. But I think it's a program, and credit to Cincinnati as well, that you expect to see game day back here again. We treated the game day crew well. Uh, They had a great turnout, and a shame, of course, with COVID that you don't see the same sort of boisterous reaction with the students and the signage and all of that uh, this season that you have come to know with the program. But certainly... I don't think it's the last time we see game day at UCF. When that is again, I don't know. Um, But uh, I think UCF's proven itself. And 
would welcome game day back. And I think they'd like to come back at some point. Yeah. I think that would be uh, pretty darn cool as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it uh, turns out on Saturday. And uh, I know you're a big uh, follower of Orlando city soccer. Uh, what, do you, what do you think their chances are? Uh, better that it's at home. Uh, they've had a, uh, a good season. It feels to me at least though, that it's certainly gotten lost in the sports landscape at times, the MLS. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you've had opportunity to go to a game, it is certainly an atmosphere when it's packed and people are, are, are going rowdy that make it such a fun two hours uh, down at the stadium. And it's, it's been challenging to get that same energy level. I think as a fan watching the games uh, on TV this year, I know they've started to welcome back fans, but you know, with limited capacity and, and all that. I, I think their chances are good. They've, they've played good defense. They've gotten enough offense. Coach is very organized. And, uh, you know, it's, it seems like the sort of season that they had, especially considering it's the first time that they've made the playoffs since they came into the league, that you'd say, they've accomplished something this year. Uh, yeah, but I think you'd like to get that win on Saturday and, and not just say we accomplished getting to the playoffs and that checking that off. Uh, get the win, you know, get a win in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, this may not be a team that wins it all, that is as experienced as battle-tested MLS teams when it comes down to crunch time. But get that W. I think they can. Thankfully for UCF and Orlando City fans, it's a 12 o'clock start. Soccer's tight in there, two, two hours and 15 minutes. And then that'll give way nicely, segueing nicely into the uh, to the Sons of UCF pregame show, which, by the way, we're going to be coming on right at two this time, uh, coming in an hour and a half, an extra 30 minutes to get you ready for the game. So I may have my eyes diverted to the Orlando City, the, the final there, unless Orlando City's up big. And then we're going to be all hands on deck focused on UCF and Cincinnati. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's interesting, you know, when we talk about Orlando City is to me, you know, when they first came into the league, it's it, and it seems so long ago now, and maybe 2020 has something to do with it. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, boy, they there was a period of time they owned this town. They 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 were at the top and forefront for a little while. We saw purple everywhere. We saw the magnets everywhere. That was yeah. you know, one of the most impressive magnet campaigns I've ever seen in my life. Um, but then, fill the bowl and caca and pack in the citrus bowl and and the magic were down and UCF was coming off of 2015 and mm-hmm. and even 2016 was a struggle and uh, they had captured the city's attention it was fun it was a party you know and longtime fans that have lived in Orlando remember the the party scene that surrounded the Orlando Predators arena football in the 90s when it was just the thing you wanted to be at on a Friday or Saturday night. That's what Orlando City had been. And they've lost a little of that goodwill uh, with with fans. And, um, you know, they're they're trying to regain that trust with the fan base. And it seems like they've got the operation going right now where no matter what happens Saturday, they trended in the right direction. And that's a good building block in restoring some trust and confidence uh, amongst your fan base. Excellent stuff. Well, uh, we'll get to promoting your uh, pregame show here momentarily. But first, uh, and typically I know this is the reason why you come on the show, because you're a TV theme guy. (laughs) Uh, So you have uh, chosen our closing theme, and we're going to hear it right now.
Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. All righty, and uh, you may sense a theme there to a theme. WKRP in Cincinnati, one of the great uh, television sitcoms of all time, even though it only ran for four seasons in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Trace, you know, one of the things that always stands out, well, first most important question, Team Bailey or Team Jennifer? (laughs) Uh, You can't go wrong either way. So, so no, no comment. You're, you're fine either way on that. I chose this one. The first thought when you asked me for one, I thought, well, all right, Cincinnati, UCS playing Cincinnati, but we're approaching Thanksgiving. And if there's any episode of WKRP, and again, you don't have to watch an entire episode. If you just Google this with the flying turkeys and it's a two and a half, three minute clip, I, I, you're going to laugh. You're just going to laugh. And it's good. It's good fun. It's good fun. <laughs> God, like, I swear turkeys could fly. <laughs> what do you have? No, no. So yeah. So you hit both, both, both fronts, Cincinnati and Thanksgiving. And, um, and so, you know, we've, we've both been in the broadcasting business. And one of the things that stands out to me is they're very believable as, you know, yeah, Howard Hessman is Dr. Johnny Fever. Uh, you know, you would think he was a disc jockey, right? Uh, you know, same with Tim Reed as Venus Flytrap. And uh, uh, Gary Sandy is uh, Andy Travis, the program director. Um, it, it was just such a great uh, capture. Um, and, it, and the broadcasting business was kind of off the rails <laughs> at that off time. Yes, very much off the wall. Um, Hugh Wilson was the creator of that show, and he based it off of uh, when he was a salesman at a radio station in Atlanta uh, is where he got a lot of the character ideas from. Yeah, and like any great situation comedy, when you forget their acting and you believe that they are their character, it's a great workplace situation comedy, right? That was their workplace. And mm-hmm. just familiar for those of us that have had opportunity to be in a control booth and be behind a microphone. Just a just a funny all right, you know, and, until you pointed it out, I didn't realize that it had been four seasons and uh, just four seasons old uh, as a show. Sometimes that's sometimes that's when a show that should be the length of a show. And because of the success of the show and the money that it generates, they'll stretch a concept out to, you know, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. But sometimes you just tell the stories and you go out on top creatively and you don't stretch it out and weaken your product. And uh, they may be a good example of, nah, you know, don't keep doing it forever. These are the stories we've told. We milked some laughs and mined some humor and uh, go out strong. And I think in the annals of TV history, people think highly of that show as providing some laughs. Yes, and, uh, you know, it was also a, a show that was uh, moved around time slots quite a bit, which kind of led to their ratings uh, declining uh, towards the end as well. But, uh, you know, I always, you know, when I played this theme back when I did a full theme show, um, my tie-in was that, you know, Sparky Anderson did a guest spot on the show. And, of course, uh, there was Les Nesman, the, the, uh, the quirky newsman, 
And uh, do you remember how he would how he would uh, pronounce Chichi Rodriguez's name? Mm. Chai Chai Rodriguez. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch uh, news radio? I did. Back in the day? Yeah, I did. That did you enjoy awesome. that? You enjoyed that? Phil Hartman. Uh, Phil Hartman. Tremendous. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Another good show. Uh, another good comedy. Yes, no doubt about it. Well, thank you for that selection, as, uh, as always. And, of course, uh, for the big game coming up on Saturday, for the bonus coverage that you'll have, uh, go ahead and plug it once again. Yeah, Sons of UCF, uh, you can like the Sons on their Facebook page or you can follow them on Twitter at Sons of UCF or if you subscribe to their YouTube page. At 2 o'clock Eastern, Saturday, hour and a half before the game, we'll go live uh, and uh, video format so you can watch it on your phone. You can watch it from the game. Get ready with, the, uh, with uh, Adam and Mike, myself. We've got... Uh, guests lined up we'll have at least a member of the media joining us to to talk about the game we've got some former players expected to to join us so uh we talk x's and o's we also get some fan reaction we want to hear your comments so from two right until game time 3 30 so if you're like me you're going to have an eye on orlando city noon till two and then just flip us on youtube facebook or twitter sons of ucf adam mike myself and uh, you never know who will be stopping by some guests and we'll get you ready for the game so if you're getting ready to watch from the stadium or your your tailgate flip it on uh or if you're at home uh just stream it on your tv your laptop your uh, tablet what have you you know all of those modern day technologies and we'll be there for you and you might get to see mike uh and take a cocktail or two yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he asks why I don't, I'm not a big drinker, but he wants to know why I, I can't keep up with him. I, I cannot keep up with him. I'm not a big, I, I get, I can't, uh, I get too, too fired up in terms of UCF game. Not that I don't enjoy myself, but I'm pretty intense fan with the pacing and, and such. And I, I can't, uh, I can't be drinking during the game too. I, I just, you know, I, I, I got to stay focused, but that's my <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, Trace Trollco, as always, we thank you for being on. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer Cell is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.